If you're a veteran or military spouse of an early stage startup or small business and feel like you're making it up as you go, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to The Transition, where we demystify the entrepreneur experience for veterans and military spouses who've already made or are looking to make the transition from the military into entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, the voice of The Bunker. I'm a Marine Corps veteran, social entrepreneur, and member of the Bunker Labs branding team. If you can't tell, I love Bunker Labs. And the reason is because I get to meet so many amazing entrepreneurs, like today's guest on The Transition, Monica Fullerton, a military spouse and founder of Spousely, an online marketplace to purchase goods and services from families who give. Spousely supports military spouses, veterans, and first responder small businesses through their one-of-a-kind marketplace that people can shop small, shop virtually, and make a big impact. On the transition, Monica takes off her armor and lets us know what it takes to bootstrap an online marketplace, the challenges of working with multiple vendors, and her fundraising efforts to grow and scale the platform. Monica and I also discuss how she manages all the chaos that comes with running Spousely while also being a wife and mother of two. Regardless of where you're at in your own entrepreneurial journey, there's some great takeaways for you in today's episode. Before we hear from Monica, make sure you subscribe to the Transition Newsletter on Substack at the link in the show notes. I release a newsletter every Tuesday and a podcast every Friday. You can leave a comment about each episode on Substack, and if you have any questions about your own venture, you can post them there as well. For this past week's newsletter, I compiled some notes on how to build a world-class pitch deck from my interview with William Lutz from VentureLink at the New Jersey Institute of Technology. Whether you're raising funding or preparing for a pitch competition, that's a newsletter and podcast episode you don't want to miss out on. So make sure you check it out on Substack. This episode of The Transition is brought to us by the MetLife Foundation and their commitment to supporting veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs. In addition, the foundation also provides mentorship and financial health resources to veterans and military spouses transitioning into the workforce. As always, I hope you enjoyed today's episode and that it accelerates you on your own entrepreneurial journey. Monica, such a pleasure to have you here today. How's it going? It's going well. How are you? I'm great. I'm so glad we're able to get you on the platform. For our listeners, I actually got to speak with Monica back when I was running some tests on uh, Bunker Labs uh, IG. I was doing some live chats, just trying to, you know, touch the community, engage with everybody. And uh, we connected on there. And then very serendipitously, the same day we're doing this interview is the same day I, I started to see posts going out about you doing a crowdfund. Yeah, I know. It's funny how timing works, right? And I do remember when I hopped on with you on Instagram Live, you were like, you want to come on? And I was just, you know, over here working away and wasn't planning on hopping on, but it was a great conversation. How is the entrepreneurial hustle treating you? It's good. You know, the, the hustle is real, but I always say the juggle is real because um, obviously, you know, I've got a lot, lot going on over here in terms of life, as well as raising a family, growing a company. So um, the hustle and the juggle is real. So how about you take a moment and uh, just introduce yourself to our, to the bunker, let them know who you are, where you're from and tell them a little bit about Spousely. Yeah. Hey, everyone. I'm Monica Fullerton. I am a proud Air Force spouse. My husband is active duty still. Um, we are stationed in Las Vegas. I am also a twin mom. Um, I have a son and a daughter. So we got very lucky to have one of each. Um, and it's just been such an incredible journey 
um, you know, launching Spousely a little over a year ago and just being a part of this ride, especially alongside um, great other communities like Bunker. It's just been amazing to meet so many people nationwide that are just all coming together to support one another and finding what our superpower is and how we can help each other continue to push forward. Tell our listeners about Spousely. Yeah, so Spousely is an online marketplace to shop a wide variety of handmade products and services, all created by military and first responder families. So I like to call it Etsy meets Angie's list, but with a focus on shopping for social good and supporting our nation's heroes. That's super dope. And one thing I was going to ask you, too, is like, I know you got Spousely as a venture, but I have to imagine like raising twins is a venture in itself. (laughs) And then you've got like another uh, a son, right? I, I no, just the twins. Oh, just, just the, the twins. twins. Yeah. Well, you got a husband, so that counts as a venture. Yeah, that counts as a son. Yeah, that works. <laughs> but I, I think you're going to bring a lot of insight to our, our audience on here because, you know, contrary to popular opinion, all entrepreneurs aren't sleeping on their buddy's couch, yeah. um, you know, in the hustle and bustle. You know, people out there taking care of their family, making sure, you know, stuff is taken care of on the home front, you know, especially with your husband if he's deployed or whatever else. And so I think you really do. Um, bring a unique perspective to the entrepreneurial to the entrepreneurial journey. Well, I appreciate that, and yeah, I get asked uh, pretty frequently how I juggle all of it. But you know what? The, the best advice that I can give is I just do. I don't think um, because we're we're really good at talking ourselves out of a lot of things, and you know sometimes it can seem too overwhelming. But when we are focused on something, um, whether that's you know with the household or a business or just in life. You have to keep pushing forward and you have to challenge yourself because anytime, you know, you get to that point where you're like, hmm, should I take this on or how am I going to juggle it? Just evaluate, you know, is it worth it? Is it worth pushing forward? And for me, I like to tackle a lot of things at once and multitasking is really my middle name. And a lot of my other fellow military spouses, they're in the same boat as well. And, you know, to me, it's it's about raising awareness and showing that, yeah, we have a lot going on. And yes, we're, we're balancing a lot, especially when our spouses are deployed and if we have children. But um, at the end of the day, it's about our identity as well and continuing to follow our dreams. Yeah. You know, I had Michelle Lloyd, one of the co-founders of uh, Real Dope Coffee, come on. Uh-huh. And uh, she was talking about, you know, having that identity after she left, after her husband, Mike, you know, left the Marine Corps. And it's like, who am I and what do I have yep. to contribute to the world? Um, and I, I definitely want to create space for the military spouses on here to, to tell that journey, talk about that journey. And then another thing I think is important for us to talk about, you just mentioned this overthinking. And mm-hmm. I, I think I said on another podcast, but I'm reading this book right now or listening to it on Audible called Soundtracks by I think it's oh, cool. Jeff Acorn. And it talks about all the different soundtracks we have going on on our head. Sometimes they're positive. A lot of a lot of times they're negative. We're talking ourselves out of stuff. We're just in this constant overthinking state. And then when you add COVID and the anxiety and all this kind of stuff, it's just a very anxious time for a lot of people. But I like what you just said. You're like, one of the ways to push past overthinking is just to be action oriented. Yep. Yeah. And I love that. That's such a great way to put it. You know, life is like a soundtrack. I feel like we've got like a playlist constantly going and it has the highs, it has the lows, but at the end of the day, Um, just kind of relate to music in that sense, right? We love music. We love listening to it. It brings us joy. It also helps us, you know, feel full in a time that we need it most. And that's just part of the journey. It's it's got ups and downs and we love slow music. We love fast music. And that's, that's part of the ride. 
And I think it's just so important for people to think about the kind of thoughts that they're putting in their head, especially in this. And just one, being an entrepreneur is hard enough. Then you add <laughs> everything else on top of it, like being a mom or being a dad and all this other stuff, yep. being active duty. And so, you know, we got to be our biggest fans and we got to be very careful of protecting our energy and what we're allowing it to go into our heads. Yeah, and that's such a great point. And that's something that I hope um, on my journey that I can help empower, you know, more people out there to see that it, we always know about the companies that are super successful, you know, years from now, things like that, but we don't really see much of their ride and their journey that it took to get there. And um, for me, I've been very passionate about sharing, you know, what I'm doing, how it's making an impact and the behind the scenes on it, because, you know, at the end of the day, we are able to help one another continue pushing forward. And uh, let's just face it, I have a lot of odds against me, especially you talked about, you know, raising the, the crowdfunding, our first round of capital. And, you know, many investors don't like to see a solopreneur. They actually don't like to see moms going up to raise funding because to them, it's a red flag. They see it as too much stuff is going on. So now add the layer of a military spouse on top of it. And all I can say is I love a good challenge. And, um, you know, I really hope to, to move those barriers and to help prove that you can be a mom, you can be a military spouse, you can be a solopreneur, and you can still accomplish everything that you want to do. It just takes that grit and strength to keep pushing. I love that. And I think that's a good segue into um, taking off our armor. So, yep. you know, one of the things I ask all the guests to do is just get vulnerable and let the listeners know, you know, what it's like on the other side. You know, what's something you're struggling with either personally or professionally as an early stage founder? Yeah, and that's such that's such a great question. Gosh, we could be here all day. But, um, you know, my biggest area that I'm definitely struggling in is that we have an amazing growing company. Our community is growing and I get nothing but positive feedback from it. But at the end of the day, I know it's time to take Spousely to the next level, to build my team, to increase marketing and really be able to make Spousely a household name. And so I've done everything out of pocket up to this point. I've actually been bootstrapping. Um, as of a few months ago, I quit my full-time corporate career to focus on growing Spousely because it means so much to me. And, you know, it, it's hard. It's one of those things where you really have to evaluate because sometimes we get blinded by our security. And for me, I was blinded by the security of my paycheck for so long that I forgot that, you know, I want to do something that's going to make an impact that I'm passionate about every day. And so I always share this quote, and I think it's, it's really uh, impactful is that it's um, when comfort ends, growth begins. And to me, I am in the heat of that. I am feeling it. Um, I am trying to just stay positive, but really, you know, taking away the, the armor of everything. I'm a real person that's trying to create and continue to grow this company that's so much bigger than just one person. How long ago did you uh, leave your full time job? Um, it's been about four or five months now, I would say. And um, honestly, it was a very scary decision. Um, you know, I, I was very lucky to have a full-time remote career, uh, making a six-figure salary and, you know, checking off all the boxes in life of what we see for ourselves and what we want. But like I said, for me, that passion was missing. I just was so sick of, you know, every day not feeling so fulfilled. So it, it's been a quite the ride over the past few months. 
I appreciate you talking about that because I think a lot of our listeners, right? We always have this dream of we would love to be able to work for ourselves. We spend yeah. so much time, I mean, eight hours a day growing other people's company, building yeah. their equity <laughs> up. It's like, when do we have this time for ourselves? And yep. what I will tell y'all is I take off my armor is that when I quit my full-time job in 2018 to focus on Ironbound Boxing because we're a nonprofit, but I was standing up a for-profit arm built around yep. uh, corporate wellness and I quit my job. And I dealt with all kind of anxiety. I was, I threw up, right? I'm oh, a Marine, yeah. y'all. I'm like, you know, <laughs> I had a shave head, protein shaker. You know, I was lifting heavy weights. The, the, n people always say, you know, combat is very challenging, right? You know, serving in the military is very challenging, right? But we always knew we were going to be taken care of from like a financial perspective. Right. There's something different about like, man, like, how am I going to pay myself? You know, how yeah. am I going to pay my bills? I'm going to do all this other stuff. And until you kind of experience that, it's a whole different thing. And that led me down this path. Where I used to make fun of like New Yorkers with their latte drinking, meditation and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so as I quit my job and start dealing with all them nerves, I started drinking lattes, started meditating, you know, doing hot yoga. And uh, finding any kind of Zen that you could, <laughs> any, you know, it's real. And you know yeah. what? Here I am. Three years later, is it three years, 2018? Yeah, three years later on the other side of a pandemic. And you just learn to deal with it. It's different. I like yeah. to joke that I can still see the, the guy over my shoulder who represents the day I run out of money. He's always standing. When COVID first happened, he was standing right over my shoulder. But now, you know, <laughs> he's about, you know, a couple feet away. So it's good. He's taking some steps back. Okay. But but it's, it's real. And people need to understand that. And what I, I just want people, there's a very few percentage of the population that will be able to quit their full-time job and make the same amount of money, if not more, right off the bat. If you're smart, you build up some revenue, you know, that way you can ease that transition so you already have money coming in. That's not what I did. I did the exact opposite. Me too. <laughs> um, but it's okay. You'll still figure it out. I just want people to be realistic about what it's, what it's like when you're eating what you kill, you know, generating right. your own kind of income. Um, it's rewarding, but it's also very challenging. Well, and I think it's about setting expectations too, right? You have to really evaluate, you know, if you are on the other side of it, like we both were, where we, you know, wanted to go all in on it, but we knew from a financial standpoint that we weren't going to be able to, to make the salary that we were used to making. But for us, it was so much more about the passion and the mission and, and fulfilling that, that you have to set those expectations. Like for me, I, uh, when my husband and I decided that I was going to fully focus on growing spousely, I was like, okay, I'll give myself a year. I'll give myself a year because that's what we feel comfortable with and what I know will allow me to push, you know, 10 times harder than I've ever pushed before. And I'm just a hard worker by nature as it is. Like I was working around the clock um, with my demanding job and everything that I knew if I could just put that time all into growing my own business, that's going to be able to help so many other people. For me, it was worth it. It was a no brainer. And so I just immediately pulled the plug and I was like, I'm all in on this. And ever since then, I haven't looked back. Um, and we're just continuing to, to push forward. As we continue moving forward with this interview, I'm super excited to do a deep dive on all things spousely. But before we do that, I got to acknowledge uh, what brought us here, which is Bunker Labs, a national network of veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs dedicated to helping the Military Connect community start their own business. We are committed to seeing that every entrepreneur in the Military Connect community has the network tools and resources they need. We're here for them. You can learn more by visiting www.bunkerlabs.org. Be sure to also register at Bunker Online, 
our social network for the military connected community where bunker lab staff helps make connections to increase your opportunities you can register today by clicking the connect button at bunkerlabs.org now monica is actually going through one of our cohort programs the veterans in residence i had an opportunity to be one of the first cohorts in new york city i think it was uh 2018 i want to say it was 2018 um so it was a great experience for me and uh monica how's the program been treating you so far yeah, it's been wonderful. And just being able to connect with other like-minded entrepreneurs, especially in this space and, you know, being able to meet up uh, in person has been just so rewarding. Especially out there in uh, in Nevada, right? Yes, we are in Vegas. And so, you know, being able to, to get out and to just, you know, help one another. And I always talk about it. I feel like we all have a superpower. So when you're sitting around a table with other veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs, and you're able to do a deep dive on your business and where you want it to go and where you're currently at, we're able to kind of, you know, combine forces and see how we can support one another. Now, one of the things that Monica has a very, very dope background, right? She's got her <laughs> MBA in marketing, mass media, journalism. And I was joking with her in the pre-interview. I was like, Monica, I need to recruit you to be like on my advisory <laughs> board. But what I want you to do is, um, actually before that, before you did the VR, had you done any other incubators or accelerator type programs? No, I haven't. And uh, I've heard wonderful things about them. But to be honest, you know, I'm very much in the hustle and grind of growing from the ground up. So I wasn't quite sure, you know, time wise, what I would be able to add to my plate. So this is my first one through Bunker Labs. Yeah. And the reason I was asking that is, um, you know, it, 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 what I have found for a lot of people, at least in our community, the veteran military spouse ecosystem, veterans and residents, Bunker Labs, a lot of these other programs, these will be the first time you know, people kind of have that experience, that kind of like cohort experience of like, I'm not going at it alone. Right. Yeah. The, and, you know, it's always good to just be surrounded by other people that are going through it. You're you're by people that maybe might be a few years ahead of you or maybe a few months or maybe you're at the same place. But either way, you know, that insight that you can provide one another is huge and it doesn't cost anything. It's just a support group that we can just all help each other um, where we're at in our business. Absolutely. So take us back, Monica. Talk to us about the early days of, you know, exploring your entrepreneurial passion. Um, for some founders, right, you know, it goes back to what you were talking about before. We see the success, but we don't realize <laughs> that they started three, four, five other ventures that you never heard of that never really got off the ground. And I'm really curious about your entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, so I'll try to take you back a little bit without taking you back too far. But um, long story short, uh, my husband and I were from a small town in Ohio. We both had really big dreams. He wanted to move out to Colorado to, to join the Air Force, and I wanted to go to South Florida to pursue broadcasting and communications. Uh, my friends always laugh at me, but I had big dreams of becoming the next Oprah. And it wasn't because of, you know, just the status and things like that. It was the power of communication. To me, it was huge. I loved how she was able to share other stories and to help one another continue to grow and thrive. And so um, we broke up, my husband and I, we, end, well, not my husband then, but we ended up getting back together when I was finishing my master's and in that moment, I was like, 
oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I'm not going to be able to pursue broadcasting and communications while living a military life because, you know, I knew what that involved. That involved usually moving around every two to three years. And with that kind of major, it's something that you need to be, you know, stable in one area. And so I pivoted and a lot of other spouses, you know, have to pivot as well because I just didn't think it was possible. So I ended up um, doing a different career for over a decade, which was amazing because it allowed me to really build up my skill set in, in the business world. I was meeting with Fortune 500 companies and, you know, learning from their CEOs and CFOs. But it was in that moment where I was like, you know what, I want to be on the other side of the table. I feel like I was always born an entrepreneur, but I knew if I was going to become an entrepreneur, that it had to be something that truly mattered to me because at the end of the day, it requires a lot of work and strength and courage. And in that moment, I knew that I was going to find something that I would be able to make an impact. And so it took me, it took me a while. It took me a while to figure out what exactly that was. And so here we are uh, today with, with Spousely and it's like I said, just been an incredible uh, journey, but um, sometimes we have to pivot and sometimes it takes time to get back on that path that we truly enjoy. And I am just grateful that I'm finally in that right place. It feels good. I'm able to do what I love while helping um, a community that's truly deserving of it. Walk us through first founding Spousely, like everything from like, you get this idea, you know, (laughs) where was the problem you saw, you built it out. And then like, how you actually like were able to bring it to life. Yeah. So uh, the idea of Spousely was born on the way to dinner with a few other fellow military spouses. And I remember being in that moment and being like, there was like five of us in the car. I was like, you're so talented. You're a photographer and you make coffee and you have this, you know, business. And I'm just thinking like in this one car full of other military spouses, there is so much talent. And, um, but unfortunately they weren't as lucky as I was to find a a remote career that they loved and that was able to move around with them. And so it really boiled my blood that the military spouse unemployment rate has been at 24% for nearly a decade. Um, because these are so many creative, talented, educated individuals. And so I remember just saying, you know, I wanted to bring everyone together onto one easy platform for people to shop small and make a big impact. And uh, in that moment, after that car ride and really just kind of turning some wheels, I would say it took me about eight months to put everything together to find a, a web developer and get everything in place. And then we were rocking and rolling. And I can't believe it. I mean, it's only been a little over a year. <laughs> how many how many people do you have on the platform? So we launched um, a little over a year ago with only 30 vendors, and we've grown to over uh, 300 vendors, and we're adding more on a weekly basis. And the most incredible piece of that is we have not yet done one uh, marketing campaign to get vendors on the platform. It's all just been word of mouth. Um, so for me, it's just the best feeling in the world, just knowing that we're bridging that gap between, you know, unemployment, unemployment rates and also entrepreneurship and helping those, you know, feel like they have a safe place to sell on that. They have a community behind them that just gets it. That's so interesting to me that you were able to kind of bootstrap this thing and see such success already. Um, 300 vendors is nothing to smirk at. (laughs) <laughs> Let alone throughout the pandemic. And I can imagine that last year 
you know, especially once all the stuff started to go on around regarding, you know, coronavirus and the economy and everything, you probably were like a, a, a shining light to a lot of military spouses out there looking to get their products or their services on your platform. Yeah. And, you know, we launched right before the pandemic happened. And I just remember being so devastated. I was in tears to my husband, you know, because I had just invested all this money to get the initial build off the ground and all that, you know, hard work and energy into it. And I didn't know what was going to come out of it because we were going through such a hard time. And it has been a true blessing in disguise. Exactly what you said. Um, I actually have received so many positive uh, letters and emails from vendors just saying how much joy Spousely has brought them at such a hard time, whether it was when their spouse was deployed uh, during the pandemic and they couldn't come home or it was to give them that creative outlet um, and just truly do something that they love. And you also weren't afraid to put skin in the game. You know, and I think a lot of times when we sell this entrepreneurial dream, we've kind of sold it in this way to where like anybody can do it. You don't got to invest anything. Just go out and get other people's money. But I feel like at the end of the day, you need to get a proof of concept going, you know, show value to the marketplace, have people pay you for products and services to validate the business model and then say, hey, this is what we've done. And now we can go out and raise money. Now, there are other people out there that might have friends and family just right off the bat to be able to get the money. But for the, the aggregate, right, the, mess, the uh -huh. rest of us, you know, that's just not the case. Um, but you were confident enough to do that. What gave you that confidence to get into your own savings account and, and really start to invest in building this platform? Yeah, that all comes from we have to invest in ourselves. If we don't invest in ourselves, you know, unfortunately, how are, how are other people going to invest in it? You have to prove what you have and what you're working towards um, is actually something that is making a difference, is going to be successful. Because if we don't invest in ourselves, then, you know, where do we really want it to go? And I think everybody has a different idea of entrepreneurship. I think that there's people that, are, you know, would love entrepreneurship just as a side business or a hobby. Um, and then there's other people who want entrepreneurship as, you know, something that they can see themselves doing and really just um, continuing to run with. One of the things I asked you during a pre-interview was, do you describe yourself as a small business owner or a tech founder? And you said that you feel like you're kind of in the middle. Why, why is that? Yeah, I do feel like I'm in the middle because um, I'm the type of person where I will teach myself anything, um, but I definitely don't come from a technical background. I didn't really know how to do coding and things like that. So I, I would say I am a non-technical founder, but there are coding, coding different ways and different things that I've taught myself um, as well as my team, because at the end of the day, I feel like it is that that in between limbo area, but we have to, you know, when we're it's our company and it's our baby and we're doing everything to power this, we have to teach ourselves some things that we didn't know. You're so your energy is just at all time high. Huh? Y'all, she's smiling, <laughs> right? She's got the beautiful office and everything. Um, and, you know, sometimes that can kind of hide like the real challenges and stuff we're facing. And so, you know, you kind of touched on it when you took off your armor. But what have been some other challenges that you've kind of come to market and saying, hey, everyone's creating these platforms now. There's tons of platforms. You got Fiverr. You got all this other stuff. You've niched down, have identified an underserved market. And to me, you've already got traction, you know, so it almost seems like a no brainer in the sense of like, hey, this is a great business model. There's tons of opportunity out there. But what kind of challenges have you faced as you start to, you know, approach people about investing in this uh, platform? 
Yeah, you know what I've noticed? It's kind of interesting because with the military uh, community, everybody's eyes just immediately light up because they know what spousely means and what it's doing and that it's so much more than just a marketplace. It's it's doing a lot more uh, for our community. But when it's when I'm talking to people about spousely investors and people like that, that aren't really tapped into the military community, they don't truly understand why should you know the military community have its own marketplace kind of thing? That's where the education piece comes into mind. I think you know a lot of times people don't realize how much these families are giving on a daily basis, and um, you know whether it's their spouse deploying or they're moving around ten times more than civilians. Um, and it just kind of boils down to really understanding your audience, and so. Um, when it comes to the challenges and the hurdles, it's making sure that I'm continuing to educate those outside of the military world, because I think it's something that's so important to share and something to shine light on. And that's part of the reason why we opened our doors um, to first responders and their families as well, because, you know, when I say supporting our nation's heroes, I want, I want them included into that message as well. So I'm going to come back to that because that sounds like a, a pivot. But one of the oh. things I want to comment is, um, you know, I'm a marketing and branding guy, right? And I came up with this branding framework called Dog Whistle Branding. So whenever you blow on your brand, it's a dog whistle to that perfect customer or that perfect investor, et cetera. And this is a conversation I want to have with you. But as we're raising money, does it make sense to go after people that just don't get it? Because maybe no. they're not our perfect customer or our perfect investor. And then there could potentially be more pain. <laughs> you know, the juice might not be worth the squeeze. So maybe it makes more sense just like doing the due diligence and really focusing on those investors that get it. Maybe somebody that was a military spouse or somebody whose father served in the military and really kind of niching down about how we're approaching to raise money for our ventures. Exactly. And that's where I'm at right now. Um, I know 100% that it's going to be where my time needs to be focused is on people who just get it and people who, you know, want to be a part of this. I, I like to call it, you know, investing with an impact, because at the end of the day, it's not just investing in one thing, you're investing in a whole community. It's people versus products, even though we're a marketplace our people are what power our marketplace. And to me, their stories deserve to be shared and to be heard and to continue helping them provide that flexibility and stability in a world filled with the unknown. So one of the things we both have been talking about also is this idea of the pivot. And obviously 2020, if you weren't pivoting or making some moves, you know, if you're bootstrapped solo founders, I don't know, I, you must be blessed. You know, because I know a lot of us out here were, you know, doing 10,000 things, trying to figure it out, trying to figure out what sticks. Talk to us about the pivot you made. And I, one thing I didn't ask is how does mouse, how does spousely generate revenue for your team? You know, and then also how has that adjusted over the year, over the last, you know, 12 months or so? Yeah. So Spousely is for profit. And the reason why I wanted to do that is because I know we'll be able to create this into something much bigger and better if it was that way. So our product side is mirrored very similar to how Etsy is. So we have um, low vendor fees to be on the platform. And then we take 10% from each sale and 3% of that goes to Stripe uh, in terms of merchant fees. And then on the other side, we have the service vendor side, which is very similar to Angie's list. 
and it's a low annual fee. And so the goal there is to keep fees very low for our community, but also supplementing um, revenue in other areas for Spousely as a whole. So we're actually going to be building um, Spousely University that's in the pipeline right now, and then some other areas where we can continue putting bundle packages together to help our vendors from a marketing and PR standpoint. And it's a really nice circle effect because the more that Spousely grows, the more our vendors grow, the more our vendors grow, the more that Spousely grows. And so it's just a really nice um, circle at the end of the day. So I'm going to use this as a teachable moment for our listeners. And I'll probably do a whole episode on this concept, but this idea of the minimum viable audience. And I hear Seth Godin talk about it a lot. But it's like, what's that one audience you can go after, hook, line, and sinker when you first start a venture? And what I love about what you're doing with Spousely, and I think it kind of ties into probably why you have a lot of organic growth on the vendor side, is that minimum viable audience for you is the military spouse community, the makers, the people that are kind of looking for a space that um, they can sell their products or services, be around other people, et cetera. And now that you know that audience, you're able to build out the services that you and your team can provide to add value to their lives as vendors. Because for me, the entrepreneur in me is thinking like they're already with you. Maybe they get coaching on, you know, cash flow and finances and all these other stuff. And it's a lot easier to do that when you already have the audience. So you've built this audience with the platform and now you're able to learn from them and create value based off of what their needs are. 100%. You definitely nailed it. And that's part of the reason why as we raise this first round of funding that we want to be able to build out different avenues off of the marketplace, because the more that we can provide them and the more that we can, you know, ha- help them be successful, the better it is for everyone. And yes, we have vendors that started their business just to be on Spousely, which is, I think, the most amazing, most incredible feedback I've heard. Um, and then we have vendors that you know are newer in their business. And then we also have medium to large size vendors. And that's where the true beauty lies of Spousely and the marketplace is that we have vendors of all different sizes, different stages, but what can we provide to them at that stage that they're in that they're going to get the most value out of a marketplace like Spousely. Is it hard? I know you've already said you've got the organic side of the house with, um, you know, the vendors, but you've got a two-sided marketplace, right? So how are you going about marketing towards getting, you know, people like me to use the platform? Yeah. And that's always going to be our, it's like a, you know, double-sided sword because we always have to have the vendors as well as the customers. And unfortunately, when it comes to um, tapping into mission-driven consumers outside of our community, it does require very high marketing funds. And so the most I've spent out of pocket is very minimal compared to what we really need to be spending to get up there, you know, next to our competitors. Um, But yes, word of mouth has been huge for us. And I think that that's something that's so important is really tap into your network, to your community. Something so simple as sharing your friend's business can help move mountains. If you love what they're doing and you believe in it, it doesn't necessarily always have to be, you know, from a dollar standpoint, it can be just, you know, spreading the word with your network. Can you talk to us about some of the uh, other vendors you have on your platform? You know, because when I hear this talk, my mind automatically goes to makers, right? Oh, yeah. We've got makers, creators, and entrepreneurs. So on the product side, you can find everything from home decor, apparel, baby gifts, you know, everything from um, custom gifts, personalized, stuff like that. 
And then on the service side, we have, you know, vendors that are CPAs, photographers, real estate agents, attorneys. And the goal is to provide a one-stop shop. And we actually have it where you can search by location. Um, so maybe you just moved to a new city, maybe you just pcs or something like that, and you're looking for a new family photographer, you can go on to Spousely, search by your zip code, and it'll show you, you know, our vendors that are within the community. Y'all hear that, y'all? Listen, if you're looking for graphic designers, you know, accountants, whatever, sounds like Spousely is the place to be. Yep. And as we continue to grow, um, you will see those categories continuing to fill up. You'll see a wide variety. um, And just through our sponsorships and partnerships, we'll be able to truly create a, you know, one-stop shop that supports our nation's heroes and their small businesses. So as you look towards the future, Clearly, you got to still, you know, get through this crowdfund. That's something that's big coming up. But when you yep. think about long term and your future plans for Spousely, and I like to say your BHAG, big, hairy, audacious goal, what does that <laughs> look like for you and your team? Yeah, we have a very big goal, and that is to make Spousely a household name. And, you know, that I'm not settling for anything less. I am on a mission and I am not taking my foot off the gas. And that might sound a little crazy, but like I said, the more that we can continue to push Spousely and the sooner we can make it a, a household name, the more we're putting the funds in the pockets of our heroes and they're able to do what they love, provide flexibility, stability, and help bridge those gaps. So as we're, we've got listeners tuning in from all over the country, all over the world, clearly, clearly you have strong business acumen. Otherwise, you wouldn't have made it this far, let alone <laughs> on the other side of this pandemic. But what advice would you give for early stage founders that are kind of sitting in your shoes or a couple years, you know, behind you, you know, what would you, what would you say to them? Um, I would say focus on your mission, focus on yourself and what you want out of it. Because um, a lot of times we get wrapped up in, in seeing other successes, which is great. We all want to celebrate each other's success, but sometimes it can feel like it's putting us a few steps back on our own goals because maybe we're not hitting as many sales as we want, or maybe it's not taking off how we wanted it to, but just remember it's okay to pivot. It's okay to adjust your business model if needed. Um, As long as you're focused on your mission yourself and knowing where you want your company to go and setting those expectations, it will all fall into place. It just takes time. And, um, you know, that's something that a lot of people I think have seen with Spousely is that We've had a lot of great um, things happen over the past year. We just made the Forbes Next 1000 list and um, just won Startup Nevada Pitch Contest, which was awesome, and just a lot of great opportunities. But at the end of the day, people don't see behind the scenes. They're not seeing you know, the, the tears and my mascara all over my face and stuff like that. And you know, that's something we all go through. Just know that um, if you are focused on something, just keep pushing for it. Do not give up. How was we, how can we as a community support you, your efforts? Yeah, I would love for everyone listening uh, to head over to Spousely. And uh, if there's something that you can't find uh, right now, when you go to it, make sure you're checking back often. We do add new vendors on a weekly basis. Um, so just checking back on Spousely, sharing the word um, with everyone that you know, and really just helping us continue to make Spousely a household name, because the more that we can come together to do that, like I said, the better that it's benefiting us all as a whole. Where else can people find you? You got Instagram or any other yep. social tags? 
Yep. We are um, on Instagram. It's spouse.ly. And we share a lot about our vendors on Instagram. We share the products, the services. It's just a great place to to get to know more about our community. Um, We're also on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Pinterest. So all of the social media, but yes, Instagram is where we're the the heaviest. Y'all got to check out this site, y'all. It is beautiful. (laughs) It is very well done. I see that we're always here with 24 seven support. When you say we're always here, is that you or is that you and the admin? Uh, no comment. No, no comment. comment. I was joking. It, no, it's it's definitely um, all me. I, I was, and it is twenty four seven. I sleep with my laptop. I always joke about that, right? Um, you know, we always when we first start, we're always doing. We see everybody else do info at you know all this other yep. stuff, and people are so surprised. Like it's literally you, you know. Well, yeah, it's uh, definitely taking down the armor right there. But yes, it's it's the real. It's but the behind the scenes because a lot of us are doing it, um, and just knowing that other people are in the same boat just helps us keep mo- pushing forward. Yeah, and I always go back and forth sometimes when it's Brandon, right? Like, do you make it? Do you set it aspirational? You know, when you start describing the company, we at Ironbound or we at someone yep. at Spousely, you know, or do you just go in and like, look, this is Monica, <laughs> you know. <laughs> So we do a little bit of both. I do have a small team uh, that helps, which is amazing. Um, we have not, we would not have gotten this far if it wasn't for everyone that has been helping behind the scenes and all of that good stuff. But yes, we do a lot of we, and then I like to try to, you know, hop on and do as much as I can from my standpoint, because um, that's my favorite part. Like I mentioned earlier, is just being alongside these business owners, getting to know them, their story, finding ways that I can help. And most importantly, jumping on the ride with them. Yeah. Now, listen, preaching to the choir. And I love, I love, I'm just so blown away by how far you've gone thus far. And I'm really hoping that our listeners check out this platform because as she's talking, I'm looking at it and I'm just like simply blown away. And like, I'm going to, I'm telling y'all after we get off this interview, I'm going to stick around with her and uh, pick her brain for a little bit. But uh, you're pulling my heartstrings. There's been a lot of love into that. So I appreciate the the kind words and the feedback. And yes, would love everyone's support. We are raising our first round of capital right now on WeFunder um, and it goes live to the public. So please, please, please head on over, check it out. If you want to invest with an impact, this is a great opportunity. And what we'll do is we'll be sure to include a link to the website in the show notes, as well as a link to your crowdfunding campaign. That would be amazing. For all our listeners, if you haven't done so already, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button for the transition on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever listening service you're using today. We'd greatly appreciate if you left us a review and shared this podcast with at least one person in your network who you feel can benefit from this information. If you want to get plugged into the Bunker Lab ecosystem, visit BunkerLabs.org, select the city nearest to you, and sign up for a local newsletter. From there, attend one of our networking events. It's that simple. Also, make sure you're connected at Bunker Online, where you can learn about our many different programs to support your entrepreneurial journey. We have programs that will take you from idea to invoice, incubate you, and position you to grow alongside other founders and CEOs. You can register today by clicking the connect button at BunkerLabs.org. Monica, thanks again. It's been a pleasure having you here with us today. And for everyone else, thanks for tuning in. Until next time, peace love and have a great rest of your week.